the first reading is from Deuteronomy 24, chapters nine, uh, verses 19 to 22. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat the olives from your trees, do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest the grapes in your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. And this is why I command you to do this. The next uh, reading is from Ruth 2, verses 2 to 9. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I favour. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked for the foreman of the harvesters. Whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. Amen. I've just asked Andrew if I can say a word first. Um, I love reading out the Bible when I'm in church, and I have a belief that there's huge power in the spoken word of God. Um, and I've been here many times when the Bible's been read aloud and there's a special feeling. And I was really excited when I got the reading from Colin yesterday because this is one of my special readings that I really love, so I'm really glad to be reading this one out. <clears throat> so it's John 21, 15 to 17 first. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And the second reading is 1 John three sixteen to 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. 
If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Amen. really proud of me Colin I've been on Burroughs time with the sermon this week I've had such and such an awful week with uh, getting things going and uh, so I only handed some of the slides you're going to see later on to Colin this morning so there you go I've been on Burroughs time because you know I like to be really organized and prepared <laughs> it's been uh, oh I just wouldn't believe uh, the week that I've had but I can tell you, if I was as technical as Andy, <laughs> if I'd got one of his little machines, I could have had all of this sewn up with the number of hours that I've spent sitting by the bedsides of people in hospital this week. But I'm such a, such a technophobe still in some ways with, uh, uh, with, with doing things. I really am learning. I am trying very hard to sort of get up to speed like all these kids with the iPhones and things. Every time I get used to a phone, though, my daughters sort of upgrade their, their contracts and say, here are mum, you can have my old phone, it's much better. I've put your SIM card in and I've done this and I've done that. And I think, ah, because I've only just learned to do the other one and now I'm starting all over again. Oh, disastrous time. But this, the daft thing about it is, though, I can't use my phone without my glasses. I mean, how sad is that? I just want to ring somebody, but... I've got to put my eyes on first. It doesn't make sense, does it? But without my phone, I can't see what I'm typing. I can't see who I'm talking to or anything. Oh, totally daft situation. But we are, we are getting there. We are getting more technical. And I'll be up with my Gmails and all this sort of thing soon when I've, uh, when I've had my lessons from, from Steve and from my daughters. So not to worry. We will get there. Pictures? It's an ah time. You can have a nice look. Aren't they lovely? Aren't they lovely? I'm just looking round at the reactions and thinking, well, maybe one or two of you would have preferred a picture of a Ferrari or a steam train or, you know, a Gibson guitar or something like that to get the old juices flowing. But isn't it cute? You just want to go ah and just hold them and love them and care for them and provide for them it doesn't matter who the baby is you know as soon as you see a picture or as soon as you see a baby in a pram it just it just gets you going normally doesn't it all that caring coming out we had enough now <laughs> so if we could have the next slide oh it's all right <laughs> clue. Right. Hmm. Time for another drink. As you probably guessed by the way things are going today, that we're having a little think about caring. God caring for us and us caring for each other. 
So that really is the basis of the, the theme today. God caring for us. Well, that's a given, isn't it? We, we, we know from the start of time that God has always cared for us. The provision of the Garden of Eden. We were to have absolutely everything that we could have possibly wanted. We were just going to have this wonderful life. And God was going to take care of us completely in this wonderful place until we spoilt it. But that tells us that from the start of time, God has always cared for us. As individuals, we know from Psalm 139 that I read before, that God has cared for us from the moment of conception. God has cared for us all the time that we were growing in our mother's womb. God knitted us together. God has cared for us on a personal basis from that first moment and he cares for us right until the time that he calls us to be with him. And there's plenty of evidence for this. There's the written word, Psalm 139 is just one example of written word from the Bible. But there's books that sort of tell us about how God has cared for us. There's testimony. We hear other people that tell us about how God has cared for them in a particular, at a particular time. We've heard other people tell us about how God has cared for them. And we've probably witnessed it for ourselves. We've seen the results of God's care. We've got the Holy Spirit inside us as our conscience, providing us with feelings and of care from God. We know that God cares for us by him providing us with the Holy Spirit. And of course, there's prayer. Answered prayer, certainly. But even unanswered prayer, if what we've asked for is not the right thing, God cares enough about us to know best that what we've asked for is not what is needed. Us caring for each other. Rules were put in place right from the start. God made it a part of daily life that we care for each other. Our Old Testament passages show us that. Though I'm sure when they were referring to the alien, they weren't referring to little green men from Mars. They were just talking about people that were from other districts, other countries, because people didn't travel very far. And to them, an alien was, was somebody who probably lived just, just down the road. To us, it might be just somebody that lives in Lee or St. Helens or something like that. It wasn't just immediate family. It was people without means of support as well. He said for those that were fatherless, those that didn't have any means of support, they were supposed to leave grain, leave olives, leave things behind for those people so that they would have something to eat. And then it went up a gear. And that's not easy in a left-hand drive Ferrari, I can tell you. I got really excited once because I got an invitation to go and test drive a Ferrari. It was in one of my previous jobs, and I thought, oh, wow, yeah, that's brilliant. So, of course, I went along, and it bright red Ferrari. It had to be, didn't it? But it was a left-hand drive. I thought, mm, not been in one of them before. 
And of course, the guy got in and I sat in there sort of thing and I thought, oh, this is going to be a bit awkward. And uh, we started off. And but the problem was I could barely get it into first gear, let alone go anywhere else. Because I was almost, I really was almost lying right down like that. And it just turns out the reason why I haven't got a Ferrari is that I'm too short. <coughs> My legs just were not long enough to drive the Ferrari properly. I would have been like this over the bonnet. So there you are. That's my excuse. I'm too short to drive a Ferrari. So if you're ever invited to drive a Ferrari, if you're my height, no chance. Really sorry. You've got to be a bit taller. They're obviously made for people with, uh, with long legs. But we went up a gear because God put Jesus in place. The living, breathing, ultimate carer. And he showed us how it was supposed to be. Actually was a living example of how God wanted it to be. Through his teaching, through his miracles, through his everyday living, Jesus showed the way that God wanted people to care. As well as Jesus being there, we could tell from our New Testament examples that there were also rules in place in the New Testament readings too. But people didn't just come to Jesus for healing care. Just like I mentioned, we don't just come forward to God with healing prayers. They came to Jesus for advice too. They came to him for lifestyle advice. They came to him about for advice in situations of justice and fairness. They came to him to ask how they could grow spiritually. Lots of different ways that people came to Jesus for care. Excuse me. And that's where the second passage comes in. Feed my sheep. Care for my lambs. When Jesus gave out those words, he wasn't just meaning give people food to eat, though he does mean nowadays help give people food through the food banks if they haven't got any food. It was give them spiritual food too. Care for my lambs. It was look after their everyday needs, just like the shepherd looks after the everyday needs of the lambs in his care. Could I have the next slide, please? Do you remember this? Shepherds known to care. That was a visionary statement that came to someone within this congregation when we were going through one of our, our rounds of working on our pastoral care. And there were lots of discussions within the, the, the church about the meaning of that reading that Pam read out. I'm sure it's quite a favourite reading of other people in the church, Pam. I didn't know it was your favourite reading. I'm so glad you were reading this week. But this was an important message that was sent from God. If we could have the next slide. Pastoral care only added one word to care 
We all seem to cope with the word care, but as soon as you put the pastoral bit in front of it, quite often it's enough to see people sinking back in their chairs and doing the old toddler thing, not me, not me, you can't see me. It seems that, you know, you put the word pastoral in it and people sort of go, whoa, I don't want to get involved with that. Pastoral care is not scary. Pastoral care is necessary. It's a necessary part of Christian life. It's a necessary part of the work of a church. Pastoral care is quite normal. You don't realise it, but you do it every day of your life without even thinking about it. And pastoral care has to happen now. It has to happen within this church. A pastorate that the word probably derives from, I don't know, I haven't really looked into the the derivation of the word pastoral, but to me it must derive from pastorate, which really was just an area of land that a church was responsible for. It was just a defining boundary that ministers and elders knew was, was their area that they were responsible for. Exactly the same thing that we talk about when we talk about our community of locking stumps and doing things for our community. When Jesus was alive, people flocked to him. When Jesus went back into heaven, people flocked to the apostles. And then it was the teachers and the elders in the early church. And as time went on, it was ministers and elders and designated others as churches got bigger and busier and that's us today isn't it and that brings us just to today our pastoral care is by the ministers the elders and designated others within the church at the moment we still seem to be modifying our pastoral care system Be there was an absolutely fabulous idea and it was put in place and but it just hasn't quite worked in in practice and it things need to tweak to to move on to to something else. But be there did show us when we talked about pastoral care as, as as elders that we're actually pretty good at looking out for each other on a daily day day to day basis. We do a pretty good job through our natural friendships and, and family groups and church groups. I suppose Facebook plays a part nowadays. We have to get to get with it and get modern. There's our Facebook as well, which I hope to get in when I've had my, my lessons on my on my new phone, which I can now do it. You know, get into Facebook on. Kerry's told me I'm 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 there now. I just need a lesson on what I'm doing so I don't do anything wrong. But we are good at looking after ourselves in the main. Sorry, I've had this sort of... Something else this week, I've been just so, so thirsty this week, I have to excuse me. And I've got an idea, just like we had the, the, the shepherds known to care system. Um, something came to me um, when we had our Elders Away Day in October and it's been there and it's sort of bugging, well it was before then actually and I shared it with the Elders on that day and, and, it, and it's been there and it's been sort of bugging away at, at, at my brain ever since 
and uh, God's been speaking to me about it and I've been speaking to Andrew and I've shared it with one or two other people and but every time I try to actually get something done I just have just so much goes wrong in my life so it's either definitely the right thing to do or it's God putting spokes in the words because it's not the right thing to do so it's God or the devil will you know hopefully it's 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 it's, uh, it's the right way around but this new system that this new proposal that it's only a proposal please don't say this is gospel and this is what is, is going to happen this is just me sharing what God has, has spoken to me about is based on that foundation of us looking after each other on a day-to-day basis in our natural groups it's using that as its foundation and then it sort of takes it up a step by myself and Diane being sort of primary contacts, Diane, because she's so reliable and she's always there and she's a whiz and, and, and knows sort of how to work lots of, uh, lots of systems and things. And we would be there as sort of primary contacts. And if Diane or myself can't sort of immediately fix what you're asking us for, then... As the saying goes, we'll know a man who can, or a woman who can. And supporting us would be a team, a team of people that have that passion, that calling for pastoral care, that calling for sitting alongside people and talking to people, praying with people, listening to people, offering that listening ear. And we know that there are people in this church that have got that gift in abundance. Offering advice. Now that's a tricky one. Don't mean advice necessarily on just people generally giving advice because that could lead you down an awful sticky path. But advice based on your work or your job, advice that is true, sound advice, advice that has come from a God-given situation that you knew that God is telling you will help somebody else, that sort of advice. And then there are also people who are prepared just to go out on home visits for, for those that are lonely, home visits for those that can't get to church and need to see a friendly face from Thomas Risley. People that need just a little bit of practical support, a little bit of help in their their family life, their daily life. People that might need an occasional lift to somewhere. This is where I don't want people going, oh, sliding back in the seat. If you're asked to help, or if you feel that you can help, It's not going to be a case of you're going to be asked every single day of your life. You might only be asked once in the next year. But the more people that can help, the better. Next slide, please. This just sort of summarises the the way that I see the, the scheme working on these levels and based on this foundation. Practical help is the people that are just willing to do somebody's ironing or their shopping. People are just, but of course the practical help will also be people that are just offer a daily prayer for somebody. It can be just 
anybody, everybody can help with pastoral care. How do I see it working? I see us all having con- a contact, contact details, probably by just something simple as a, a business card or a small leaf, something that can go on a fridge, something that can go in your purse or your wallet, something that you know that however you're stuck or whatever your pastoral care need is, you've got someone at Thomas Risley there, that close that you can get in contact with. Someone that you know. And then hopefully we will be able to provide someone that we know can meet that need and help you with the problem that is ongoing. And obviously we would also need feedback from people. You see somebody missing from church, not seeing them for a couple of weeks, come and talk to somebody. Come and talk to myself or Diane or, or somebody else that is involved in the pastoral care team when it's, when it's all finalised. If you see them missing, I haven't seen so-and-so for a while. Do you know how they are? Oh, so-and-so's got this problem. So-and-so's got that problem. And if one or two people come along with the same name then the pastoral care team know that something needs to happen and that way people won't fall between the gaps. People won't be forgotten about. People will know that we're caring for them. If you haven't, if you have never ever had anything on that list, then you are a very, very lucky person. We've all had moments of illness, and I I hold up their mental illness as well. I have awful periods of depression. I'll tell you now, I've been in Hollings Park with treatment for depression. And that's something that people often sort of forget about when we talk about healing care. Care of this part of our body needs as much as other physical parts of our body. Money worries, unemployment, loneliness. We can come to this church week in and week out and perhaps still go away feeling lonely. People who are church members who can't get to the church, loneliness. Just any help that you need in the home that you can't manage to do at this particular time, you're feeling overwhelmed. And children, they try drive you mad at times, don't they? And sometimes they can really test you to that screaming point. But if somebody has gone through that already, they can help you in that situation. Prayer. You might really want prayer for something that's going in your life. We'll be able to provide somebody that can sit alongside you and help with that. And spiritual growth. Wow, we must not forget that. How can I grow spiritually? You might not want to to go to one of the ministers or or elders in particular because you might feel that, well, surely they must think that I'm already at this level, as it were, now. But I still feel as though I've got a long way to go. We can provide somebody to sit alongside you and help you with your spiritual growth. 
God has given us so many skills and he's put us through so many experiences, good and bad. Why has he done that? Why has he done that? It's partly to make you a better person. But what's the point of him putting you through all these situations or giving you those skills if you then just hold them in and you don't use them and you don't share them and you don't use them in care for other people? He wants you to care for his other children just like he cares for you, his child. So, what's next? A chance for you to to join in. I'm going to put out a letter that sort of explains this, you know, perhaps a little bit more detail and for people that aren't here today to explain what's going on. And and with that will be a form where you can put down just how much involvement you would like, just what your vision of pastoral care might be, how you can be a pastoral carer in this church it will probably just ask you for when would you be available to do the, the things of practical help so that we can perhaps have a, a rotor together so if somebody rings up and says look I'm really stuck I've got a doctor's appointment an urgent doctor's appointment that I can't get to and they don't know anybody to contact immediately then we should be able to find someone that can help to go alongside them. It's your chance to become part of this, building up a directory of who can help and when and how. Oh, sorry. I thought I'd done the last one, so I just realised I don't. It's, not, it's in black. It's in black, not red. But don't forget... This might seem, you know, you're sitting there thinking this might seem a little bit complicated and you've still got the pastoral sort of shutters up. Day to day, eyes and ears and shoulders to cry on are you through the natural family and friendship groups. But when something stronger is needed, it will be there. Caring for each other, us, Thomas Risley Church, just as God intended, right at the start. Amen.